Remember when child labor was just summer work? Let me tell you about the time that my sister and I managed to run off a landscaping business in our neighborhood. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So, come on in, get ready to listen, and let's get started. I'll see you on the flip. Maybe it was the adorableness factor, or maybe it was pity. Either way, we got paid. Now, in my neighborhood, everyone was... um, hardworking. A lot of them worked for the university and they had sprawling lawns. Now, in my family, my I'm second oldest of six and my oldest sister and I, we decided that it was time that we pulled our weight. You see, at the time, we're going through financially and it was six kids and there just wasn't a lot. It was summertime and we had the bright idea that, hey, this summer we will make enough money to be able to buy our school clothes and our little toiletries and help out. So my sister and I uh, got my grandfather to help us find a lawnmower. And it was a lawnmower from a junkyard, you guys, just being honest. He got that lawnmower and he thought we were just going to help out by mowing our own lawn. Because by this time, my stepfather was doing um, distance truck driving, so he wasn't there all the time. And with my mom trying to work, it, it, it was just hard. So my grandfather actually taught my sister and I how to mow a lawn. We went over to my grandparents' home and he would be out mowing the lawn and he would show us how to start it, put the oil in, change a spark plug, those types of things with a lawnmower. And when we came up with the idea that we were going to mow lawns for the summer, he was all for it. He helped us get the lawnmower and I'm going to say he was our first investor. <laughs> so he and my grandmother. So he helped us get the lawn, a lawnmower and fixed it up and uh, off we went. We practiced on our lawn at the house where we lived and that was a huge lawn. And in the back, I'll never forget, they had these evil projectiles uh, from this tree. It was like gumball, these sticky ones. I I don't know what the proper term is for it, but they were sometimes called uh, gumballs and they would fall from the tree and they would have these sticky, uh, not when I say sticky, not tacky, but sticky like prickly uh, burrs on them. And boy, I tell you, if they got in that lawnmower blade the right way, when they shot out, they shot out like a bullet. And so it was an obstacle course. We not only had to um, mow the lawn, we had to rake and get those balls up so that we wouldn't injure ourselves or others. So we did that and we were ready. We went next door to the kind people next door. And we were standing there. I guess they thought we were reject brownies and Girl Scouts because we asked those people with confidence, may we um, mow your lawn? And they were like, "Uh, okay. And they were like, well, how much? (laughs) And you couldn't tell us anything. They had a huge lawn, huge. The front was big and the back was, was a field. And we said with confidence, 20 dollars and they were like done (laughs) so off we go starting to mow their lawn and like I said before I 
think maybe people were just shocked that these two little girls were doing this. So much so that the lawnmower did not have a self-propel on it. And there would be times when we would both have to push to be able to make the lawnmower go when it uh, hit little bumps and things in, in the lawns. And <laughs> I... I still can feel the vibrations from that lawnmower in the palms of my hands uh, because it left that much of a mark. Well, we started doing it, and I think they were probably surprised, and we got paid. And wouldn't you know it, we, we walked around the neighborhood and we asked people if we could do their lawns for them for the summer. And we would always tell them, well, we did our lawn and we did our next door neighbor's lawn. So, you know, at the time we were actually learning how to use testimonials and experience and those types of things. And we ended up gathering up a lot of lawns to the point where in the summertime we were working almost every day. And I don't know about you, but 20 turns into 40, five 20s get you 100. Thank you, T.S. Madison. <laughs> but five, five 20s get you 100, and we were off to the races. What we didn't know as little kids was that we were actually taking money from a uh, local um crew of men who, who did lawn care for our neighborhood. Now, this is the part that I uh, I want to harp on because it wasn't until a little while later we started getting the blowback because at first they thought it was a novelty. They thought it was going to be cute. But I'm going to tell you, the summer turned into the fall, turned into raking leaves. Uh, so when we weren't doing um, the lawns, we were raking leaves and uh taking out trash and all those types of things. And it got to be where we were bringing in good income. It was hard work. Let me tell you, it was hard work, but we were doing it. And these were the lessons that my um, my mother and my grandparents taught us. And they were like, hard work never hurt anyone. Hard work uh, teaches you things that I can't te teach you. And we would be out there and it would be hard. We'd want to give up, but we didn't. There was a certain uh, um, boost of, of euphoria when we would finish or tackle a particularly hard lawn. Now, we lived in uh, Louisiana, and Louisiana is known for two types of grass. They have the St. Augustine grass, and then they have this plush fur type of Kentucky fur or, or something. I don't want to miscall that one. But those two grasses are very uh, robust and resilient. And if they get too high, they will choke out a lawnmower fast. We've got that good, hardy black dirt there. And so things um, in the, my neck of woods grew fast and plush. So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go out here and mow these patches. No, everyone in our, in our large neighborhood had very healthy, robust lawns and they took pride in them. And for them to allow us to go out there and um, do it uh, was amazing. Let me tell you how how desperate we were to make sure that we we did a good job. I remember getting a pair of my mother's 
old pinking shears. Yes, those are the ones that made these cute little edges. And she was like, you can have them. And I greased them with WD-40 and I would go and I would cut the edges, you know, to trim the lawn with the pinking shears. When I got her other big hefty uh, shears that were made for textile fabrics that she said I could have because she already had another pair. My mother was a um, seamstress as well. Um, I use those and we would cut the, the sprawling stragglers to, to give a clean edge because we didn't have an edger. That's how hungry we were for the business and determined to make it. Well, I will tell you between, um, the time I was nine up into the time I was 12, we ran that business. We, uh, mowed lawns, We raked leaves. We took out trash. We did everything we could in our neighborhood to bring in extra money. And we made pretty good. We were able to make a big dent on paying for our own school clothes. We actually were able to help chip in and do things uh, around the house. Uh, We even helped my mother with stuff for the younger children. And we made it. And back at in those times, yeah, child labor was illegal, but I think people thought it was cute and they liked our hustle. The man next door, there came a time when I was in high school that the man next door remembered my hustle and he asked me, he says, well, what are you guys doing now that, you know, you're, you're, you're um, older? And he said, we thought that it was just so cute how determined you guys were. He, and he, but he said this, he said, but it was your, um, he didn't use the words that I'm going to use today. He, um, he, he used words like determination, but he also said, he said it was, it was the way that you all always showed up when you said you were going to, and you did the job that you said you were going to do no matter what. And it just, it made my heart beam so much that my sister actually benefit benefited from that when she was in college because some of those people wrote um, letters of recommendation for her to, I, I don't know if it was uh, for some, some I, I, I don't know if it was for, to interview with some company or whatever, but all I know is that these same people years later would write my sister letters of recommendation. Now I went to a different university, so there was that, and she went before me, but it paid off. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is uh, this phenomenon, this, this, this twin factor. I get people asking me all the time, how do you survive out here on your own working? How do you survive uh, with grown people's bills like mortgages, student loans, and those types of things in today's society? Well, the first thing I will say is people are always looking for the trick, the the shortcut, the come up, the hook up, whatever you want. And I'm not going to lie and say that there there aren't some. And I'm not going to even lie and say sometimes it's not luck. It's, you know, it can be. It can be hookups. It can be who you know. Those things are valid. But in the meantime and in between time, I'm going to tell you about the twins that I was introduced to way back then and who have built me uh, steadfastly throughout from the time I got my first job at nine mowing lawns with my sister to when at 15 I went to beauty school and started being able to get my hustle on on the off times that I had to fix other people's hair to when I 
grew up and had to figure out what I was going to do after I was disillusioned with um, corporate America to now being um, able to look back and see all of these these things that helped me and shaped me and molded me. And I want to share these with you guys. And that is my twins that I am talking about that will bold you well, no matter what, are diligence and consistency. Diligence and consistency. When I look back over the course of my life to this point, and I look back and see the things that have always shown up with a paycheck, with some type of um, advantage, with some type of reward, has been diligence and consistency. Now, why are they twins and why one just isn't enough? Well, it's simple. With diligence, diligence is about showing up. Consistency is about doing well. And I have this saying that I tell my, my students, my, my clients, whether I'm uh, working with corporations or working with individuals or working with publishing houses, I tell them diligence and consistency, they show up with, they, they show up with a paycheck. They always do. I can't ever find a time when they didn't. And when I say paycheck, I'm talking about whether it be monetary or a reward, but they show up and they show out. So much so that one of my mantras is show up, do well, get reward. Show up, do well, get reward. And let me tell you something about diligence and consistency. Going back to when we were nine and we started our little lawn care business, we started to find out the next year that we had greatly impacted the income of grown folk. And the reason why we had were able to do that is because of these twins. We were taught if you say you're going to do someone's lawn on a certain time or a certain day, doesn't matter. I remember us getting um, my grandfather or my, my grandparents um, to help us uh, find repair parts for when the lawnmower got choked out by um, a lawn and, and, and stalled out. I remember um, having a Frankenstein uh piece of equipment, but we made it work. I remember seeing um, the local coach from our high school out there with his cigar looking at us and just smiling and, and thinking it was the cutest thing. And I remember when he, Coach Cowan, I remember when he finally let us cut his lawn because he always cut his own lawn. And he said, I just wanted to be out here to see you guys do it. And he was like, this is just cute enough. And so my I, I, like I said, I thought it was the cute, cuteness factor. But what I learned is that this company had taken this neighborhood for granted. See, they came from a different town, a larger town. And this, this company treated our little town like an afterthought. It wasn't because we didn't have the money. No, this town was a college town, but it was a college town. It wasn't a college city. And so when I guess they had time, they would drive over and it wasn't very far, but they would drive the 10 miles or whatever and come over and see, um, you know, about doing people's lawns. And it got to the point where they were like, wait a minute, you guys, you guys were always you know, dependable for us to to do your lawns. And um, 
I, like I said, we found out through what people told my mother that they were happily able to turn them down because now they had these two little girls who would go out and mow their lawns. And I, I thought that it was just them being nice, but they said they liked the product that we produced that it wasn't, they weren't quote unquote thrown at as an after fact. Now, let me just say this part too. My town was, um, I'm going to say 99, 99% black. It was. And the town, the, the, the town over wasn't, we'll just say that. And so for them to come over and do something, it was almost like you felt like they were throwing you a bone. And when we showed up and used the skills and the training and the work ethic that my family had instilled in us, um, our little neighborhood thrived and got behind us. And like I said before, a lot of them, I thought they were just doing it because they wanted to help us out. But there were there were times when they were like so grateful. They were like, oh, thank you, because I, I, I didn't know when I was going to be able to get to the lawn or or I didn't know if I was going to be able to get these leaves, you know, picked up and all of this kind of stuff in time for my party or whatever it was. And our our experience taught me a lot. And it taught me that not only do you have to show up with diligence, you, you need to show up, you need to be prepared, you be, need to be ready to do the job. That means that there were times when we would get a new lawn and my sister and I would walk because, you know, there was no drive and we're 12 and 9. We would walk around and we would ask the people if it was okay if we walked their lawn to look and see so that we would know what we would need to bring. You know, we started getting fancy um, when the seasons were changing. I remember borrowing my grandparents' uh, lawn equipment. They had uh, different types of rakes and they had the heavy metal ones that were for tilling and breaking up stuff. And like I said before, we had uh, this 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 runner kind of grass, St. Augustine grass, very robust and very resistant to change. And I remember having to dig in and get that stuff going. Um, now, we didn't do all of the maintenance stuff like fertilizing and um, doing um, the, the stuff with the with the grass during the turns of the season, but we had enough work where we made a big impact on that and we developed a, re- a, a reputation for being about our business and about our word. Now, the other side to this showing up and being prepared was the consistency. What we learned was that consistency, especially when you're doing it diligently, when you're showing up on time regularly and giving great product, giving a great um, experience, we found out that it outlasts talent. It outlasts big backing and hype talk. Case in point, this company, this landscape company, who, of course, they could have done it way better, way faster, and and with more uh, stuff because they had the equipment, they had the people, they had the name, they had the money. And how was it that two little bitty girls who had to sometimes tag team the lawnmower to be able to push it were able to do this and take market share? And it's because of those good old twins, diligence and consistency. So this is the wisdom smack that I want to leave you guys with today. 
There is not any way you can tell me that if you want to do something, you can't because of an industry or because of a competitor. It You just can't. What you can do is you can tell me how you're going to be able to show up and show up prepared. What you can tell me is what is your strategy for how you're going to do well to give the best product that you can. You know, there is something about resources and uh, tools and things. Um, When I'm teaching people how to write in one of my uh, writing boot camps, I talk to them um, about the things that it takes to really write a novel or a story. And it's not about good grammar. It's not about even turns of phrases. It's about things like this, like diligence, showing up, being consistent. You know, the work product improves as you continue to show up. They work hand in hand. That's why they are my twins, uh, my twin powers, that um, of wisdom. That diligence and that consistency makes you better and better. And you might be over in your forgotten corner working and tilling, but if you continue to do the thing, if you continue to uh, work at it and, and continue to grow and to sharpen and hone your skills, diligence and consistency are going to show up with a paycheck. It just is what it is. Now, one thing about the skills and the tools, I was out there with my mother's pinking shears and her textile shears cutting grass, cutting the the edges where the grass would meet the sidewalk or the uh, the car drive because I was determined to give a good, as best as I could product and it mattered. I got so good with those shears, my sister would say, okay, I am going to uh, work on the um, the lawn on this side. As soon as I get through, I want you to uh, sweep up the, 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 the shavings, put them in the bag, and do your, do your cleanup, do your polish. And then when she would get tired of pushing the lawnmower, we would change out. Yeah, this time we didn't have the lawnmower that we, that would pick up the, the stuff, and we surely didn't have a blower, so... We were doing all this little manual labor and it would take us, we, we couldn't knock them out. We would maybe be able to do two lawns a day. But for us, that was amazing. And people were patient and kind with us because we were diligent and we were consistent. We threw at no one and we, we shafted no one. We showed up when we said we were going to, we worked till the job was done and we gave it our best effort. And that started to help me. Now, like I said before, when I when I work with my students, a lot of times they want to have all of these teal these, these tools and and stuff. And I'm going to tell you, the tools are only as good as the skill, the tenacity, and and the work ethic of the person wielding them. Remember, we were working with a uh, a trashed uh, Frankenstein piece of equipment. I was working with my mother's scissors. <laughs> and we were still able to do something. And I, maybe it was the magic of being a little kid that the universe blessed us to be able to do this um, over and over and over. I don't know. But I can say that because we dared to do it, dared to show up, it worked. And to this day, 
I am able to be to to persevere, to move forward and not say, oh, because I don't have this type of equipment or oh, because I don't have this skill or oh, because I don't have the backing or the blessing of this person or this industry, I can't do it. Nope, sure don't. What I do is I get in, I do come with a plan, of course. And I am going to tell you, when you're starting out, the plan you come with is normally not the plan that's going to work. But it is kind of like, I call it pacifier to get me ready. And you get in there and you start doing what you need to. And then diligence is going to come after you have conquered that frustration of trying to learn something. I'm going to tell you, the reason why we practiced on our own lawn is because We needed to get over that hump and it was borrowed wisdom. It was wisdom from my mother, my grandmother, who always said, don't start something you're not going to complete. If you are going to do this, you need to work out the kinks before. Don't practice on other people. Practice on mama's lawn. Scalp up my lawn. We learn different things like how to know how to set the wheels on the lawnmower so that we didn't scalp and burn someone's lawn. We, we, there were so many different things that I can tell you. Now, um, it got to be where it, it became too much because it became too popular and people started asking for more services. I mean, by the end there, we were lugging along, um, shears, um, uh, hedge clippers to, to trim up people's uh, hedges. And my mother finally put her foot down. She's like, no, that's enough. By this time, my sister uh, was well into high school. Her extracurricular activities were taking over and she was trying to transition into just being a teenager and working because at 15, you were able to finally get a job at that time if you got permission from your parents. And so Yeah, it wasn't just because she was aging out of that little business. It was just becoming too much because when you are good, you will continue to get more. That was another thing that I I, I started to learn about this being diligent and consistent. When you do well, you naturally get more. And that introduced me into um, what would become my hallmark of what I do. And that is word of mouth. Now, I don't know if word of mouth is a blessing or a cursing for me because I have been blessed that with a lot of the things I do, I don't really have to hustle with a lot of marketing. Although I know how to do a lot of marketing, it's because I have learned how to be diligent and consistent with a good product that the word of mouth has done a lot of heavy lifting for me. But with that, I want to make sure that I don't paint this as something easy. It's hard to show up. It's hard to be prepared. It's hard to do well and give a comparable product day in, day out. There are times when you wane, when you get tired, when you just don't feel it. And I'm going to tell you, if you are waiting for your emotions to get in line with the diligence and consistency, they are going to be fighting all the time. Yeah, you might get that boost at the beginning because it's new and you haven't experienced what it takes, the toll and the the toll and the toil that it takes to pull something off. But I'm going to tell you now, diligence and consistency, they don't play and they do not care about your wayward moods. They don't care about you being so over something. They don't care. 
if you don't have the tools necessary to make your life easy. What they care about is you doing what you said you were going to do, when you said you were going to do it, and how you are expected to do it. Diligence and consistency enrobes themselves in work ethic, in value, in excellence, and all of those things that just put you in a different realm of of what you're going to do. And so that is something that I wish we could all just take a pill or or something, but it doesn't work that way. Another thing I want to say about diligence and consistency, embrace them, love them. But I'm going to tell you, they're going to always be those twins working on you as if they met you just today. I wish I could tell you it gets easier. Yeah, sometimes it gets easier, but if you find that it's easy and you're quote unquote dialing it in, I would check to make sure that your consistency is not lagging. I would check to make sure that there are no uh, declines in the experience you provide or the product you give. I have seen so many companies that they have to be diligent, meaning they have to provide product only to find out that the consistency of the product goes down. It might be where you used to get a certain amount and now you get less and want to blame it on um, the cost of materials going up. And I halfway believe that because I'm in business too. But I'm going to tell you, diligence and consistency always tells you there's a way. Find a way. Find a way. Um, I could talk about different companies that have found the way and have not changed the quality of their products in hundreds of years, like Zildjian um, uh, symbols and in, in, um, in the in the drum industry, and and just so many more. I could corning corning wear corning out of um, um, the East Coast, Upper East Coast of the United States. There are so many I could talk about, but guess what? My time is up, y'all. Yes, it is. So I want to leave you with this. Diligence and consistency. Embrace them. They always show up with a paycheck. You want to show up, you want to do well, and you will get your reward. They outlast talent, big backing, hyped up talk, and big money. But if you're diligent and consistent, you will persevere. So this has been Michelle Spiva with today's edition of Wisdom Smack. I thank you so much for your support. Please continue to like, share, rate, review, and also use our um, Amazon link where we might receive a small commission if you purchase something within a certain time of using it. So that email link, I mean, that link is going to be michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And thank you so much for tuning in. Guess what? I'm going to see you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.